What's happening? It's Yannick Guzdala. It's the Yannick Guzdala podcast coming at you a little more organized than normal today. I have two main topics of conversation, two pieces of feedback I heard from you guys, from the audience, from the comments on Substack, from the comments on YouTube. It's about time management as a parent and all the things that go into that time management as a parenting musician, as I'm sure there are many people listening in that position and perhaps some people listening that are thinking about getting into that position. Uh, we'll get to a ton of subcategories in that and a few things that might surprise you, a th- few things that uh, maybe you ha- hopefully haven't thought of before that will help you. The other main topic of conversation today is going to be how to create good habits. That's something I have tried to start off 2023 uh, by implementing. I've always had that on my mind. It's always been at the forefront of my process, but maybe not as much as it is right now as I try and push forward and launch some new projects and just become a little more streamlined, a little more um, effective, shall we say, and efficient, um, especially as all going to play. It's kind of all going to play into one big topic of how do we just get through the day and be efficient, be productive, uh, make a living, all of those things as a musician and potentially as a parent and all the other parameters that go into it. And later on in the podcast, in the episode, I'm going to announce the three kind of new big projects I have on the horizon. Really excited about them. I kind of hinted at them in the last episode, but kind of ready to pull the trigger on making them public in terms of what they're going to be and sort of lay out a bit of a timeline as to when you can expect them. So as it's so fresh, I'm literally in front of me under the camera. I've turned the volume down, but in front of me under the camera here is the baby monitor. In fact, so I'm going to hold that up to the camera. There you go. It says, good evening, dad. That's a terrible shot. You can't really see anything, but that's the baby monitor. That's my daughter sleeping in the crib and I'm parenting as I speak. Even though Chelsea's here, she's upstairs. I think reading maybe, um, we're kind of both on duty. And if there's a meltdown, I'm of course going to pause the podcast and go help. Um, sometimes I will say to Chelsea, here, here we go in the, in the first piece of advice <laughs> with parenting as a musician and trying to be productive at all different times of the day. First piece of advice I would say is the communication with your, uh, with your other half, your better half, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your wife, your husband, whoever you co parent with hopefully you are in a co-parenting situation it's going to be a little different if you're a single parent i'm afraid i can't comment on that uh, from from an experienced standpoint as a parent but the communication between the two of you is key that's been the key with us it's been the downfall when there's a downfall and it's been the foundation when there's when we both feel there's a solid foundation so it's really good to talk about that stuff and just say hey you know what I, I need an hour. How are you fixed? You know, can you handle this? You, you obviously you try and balance and you try and support the other person as much as you can. Um, because as anyone who's had a little kiddo running around or crawling around or screaming around knows it's a lot of work. And, uh, maybe you have more than one, maybe you have two, three, four. I don't know. I'm, I'm here with the one and that's already more than enough to, uh, to add to our schedule as, 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 um, as a married couple and as parents now. So. Communication thing is key, and I try and be as available as possible, even when I'm working. Um, if there's something, you know, a call or something I really can't get away from, and Chelsea's here, then of course um, she's going to have to deal with that on her own. But yeah, just communicating about that is huge, and I have not been great at that in our first year and change of. Uh, I mean, at times I have not been great. I think both of us have had our moments where we're just like exhausted and overwhelmed and the communication kind of gets put on the back barrier uh, back barrier back burner rather and the more we can remind each other to to be conscious of that and just do it the better and i think we've kind of hit a great place now where we communicate a lot as far ahead as we possibly can you know being musicians it's not easy to uh to to predict things and to say oh yeah in three weeks i'm definitely going to be doing this yeah that gig is absolutely not going to be cancelled and i have the phone will not ring and somebody will not ask me to go to you know portugal or something at the last minute you know how it is right like things happen so we try and plan as far ahead as possible but we're very aware that uh the things things are subject to change as musicians so i guess that's the first thing is the communication between us as parents. And I will say, 
you know, coming on from the health and fitness for musicians episode, which was the last episode. If you didn't check that out, um, lots of information in there about how I kind of my story, especially the, the blog post on the Substack from last week as well. If you're not subscribed to my Substack blog, to my mailing list, to my newsletter, it's linked in the description below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening along on a podcast platform, you can go to the show notes and it's yannickwizdala.substack. Dot com. That is the epicenter of everything I'm doing now. That's where everything kind of launches from. And that's where a lot of these things are that I'm going to reference. I put a lot of information into those blog posts. I post lessons. I post all kinds of stuff there. It's kind of a, uh, you know, um, just a place for my brain to spill out as and when it needs to every couple of days. And the health and fitness thing was something much requested. And I got into quite a lot of detail in terms of my journey with that from my teens, 20s, 30s, to where I am now, kind of midlife to 44 years old. And that has played, that's been kind of, a, it was a, it was nice to do it when I did, like right before, uh, right at the top of the year, like right on January 1st, because that was kind of my, it was a great even time, like a starting point, the first of the month. I'm not into New Year's resolutions. This is not a New Year's resolution. It was just a great time to hit the reset button and know exactly, like track through the year, exactly kind of how I did with, with some of the goals I've set myself. So I'm a week in. It's uh, exactly a week. I'm recording this Saturday night, January the 7th. It'll be going out Sunday morning. And uh, I'd like to report on the first week and how that kind of weaves into time management as musician, parent, and somebody who's trying to be conscious of health and wellness and mental health, physical health, diet, nutrition, hydration, exercise, you know, strenuous physical exercise and workout. So I really sort of have dialed in a super solid plan for myself. I've split it up for the way it works for me. Of course, everyone is going to be different. I can't tell you like, hey, this is totally going to work for you. You need to do on day one of your... So I should start with the fact that it's a seven-day cycle. I'm, I have a weekly plan for myself with one day of rest, and that's today, that's Saturday. The whole parenting thing is a big connect there because during the week... Chelsea actually has uh, has a new job and it's kind of really full on and official and it's huge and I'll probably have her as a guest on the podcast so she can talk about it. I don't want to, um, you know, let it out there before she says it herself, but it's it's pretty full on and it, it's a, it is a full time job completely in music and as a musician and all these amazing things. Actually, maybe next week she should be on the podcast and she can tell you about that because it's really kind of crazy what she's doing right now. Um, super proud of her and she's like she's never been happier it's like her dream job in music which is just really amazing to be around um, really tough in places as well because now that's like both of us have kind of ridiculously busy schedules as well as having um, a kid and you know it's it's one thing to be like oh i know i'm gigging like four or five nights a week so uh, if we're both gigging we're going to need a babysitter but if not the other person can take care of the kid or what it's not really that kind of oh it's hard to say conventional with music right but it's really not that kind of musician partnership sort of conventional situation where it's the gigging economy even me as not having like a full-time official corporate job of any kind i'm still not uh I, I, I still work um, uh, quite a lot of hours and, and my days are, are fairly full. So anyway, the schedule is as follows. What is working for me? Uh, Sunday, I kind of kick things off on a Sunday and do something pretty high intensity in the cardio department, H-I-I-T, high intensity, high intensity interval training. I'm getting about a 10 minute warm up in and then 45 to 55 minutes of pretty intense training that really sort of kickstarts me into the week and it's quite flexible in terms of what follows then because it depends you know, I like to switch it up I don't like to do exactly the same hit routine every Sunday like I don't like to do exactly the same exercises so one Sunday it might go kind of heavy on the legs for instance uh, there might be a lot of jumping um, or a lot of short sprints or something like that so even though I like to do super heavy legs on Monday, if I've done a lot of legs on Sunday, I might push the, the, the leg workout to Tuesday and flip in whatever I had on Tuesday to Monday. So as much as I've set myself a schedule, it's more of a bucket of things I can do 
uh, over six days of exercising of working out and I can sort of mix and match them depending on what those what the smaller metrics are within each uh, within each day of workout so I try not to do like back to back I absolutely do not do back to back heavy um, on on any part of the body. I like to leave at least forty eight hours of recovery for the legs to go do something again. And I do one big leg thing a, a week, like squats and like you know what you might consider kind of a traditional heavy leg, uh, single squats, like all, all kinds of stuff, like the, the 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 basic gamut of leg workouts. And I'll also try and like get a kind of secondary leg workout in later in the week, which isn't as specific as, oh, these are squats or deadlifts or whatever. But what I'm doing, maybe it's sprints later on in the week or something or jumps. What I'm doing is kind of a secondary leg workout after they've recovered from earlier on in the week. So basically, high-intensity interval training, a big leg workout. Um, I have a day where I do kind of mainly upper body, neck, torso that kind of thing i have a day where i do kind of a level two cardio like not a it's not a flat out by any means but it's not a slow jog either it's kind of middle kind of middling it's not high intensity but after and i do it for an hour so it's a it's a proper kind of run you know it might end up being i know in an hour i'm probably going to do six miles or something like that maybe i'm doing yeah six is that is that right that doesn't sound right. I think that's about right. All I know is I do have about an hour's run and it's all hills where I live as well. So there's nothing on the flat. So even if it doesn't, even if I'm not pushing any boundaries in terms of the speed or the miles per hour, I'm actually getting quite a variation in the workout. And it's keeping the intensity, keeping the sweat going really helps my VO2 max, my cardio situation. Uh, so what do we got? Hit, legs, upper body, neck. Got the uh, Got the run for about an hour. Then I'm doing some like uh, I do one day where there's like heavy arms and um, heavy arms and like calves or something like that, like isolate two parts of the body. Um, and then one day where there's like super heavy core. So the, the secondary leg workout might be jumping and core one day, for instance. So I'll combine some things. But anyway, that's basically my six days of uh, of working out right now. This is how I'm doing it to start the year. The last episode of the podcast, I did mention that it, it was something that I had to, number one, ease into because I haven't been training that hard for the last few months. And I've been in some poor eating habits, which hasn't been great on my body. Um, so it's something I'm easing into. And at some point, especially we, we're experiencing some actual winter here in L.A., some cold weather and some pretty serious rain. You might have heard about this, this uh bomb cyclone i think they called it <clears throat> that hit northern california and we got the, some remnants of that in southern california there are some inches of rain which we desperately need but it doesn't do too much for my ability to add tennis to my week as well so at some point in a month or so i will be able to add probably three times a week uh, a 60 to 90 minute workout uh of tennis in addition to the six kind of gym style workouts that i'm already doing so six times a day, uh, six times a week, plus three of those days should be two a day. So really, really burning some active calories every day, um, and really, just really keeping the body moving, doing some heavy lifting, which is uh, I've been reading about that being great for bone density and just being one of the sort of training modalities that will serve me well in later life. And that's something I'm looking at. I'm looking at twenty, thirty, forty years from now, and being you know, active and strong and mentally uh, competent, let's say, you know, I want to, I want to be able to spend quality time with my family, basically. And now the way I'm doing that as a parent, now I just explained that Chelsea has this full time job, I work a lot during the day, my days are generally, you know, I'm up for about 18 hours a day, I do kind of 18 hours up and six hours sleeping, if I can make it 17 and seven, that's fantastic. 16 and 8 is kind of a super luxury and hasn't happened in a really long time. Just because, A, there's so much work to do. Uh, B, now I really am making this huge effort to stay super healthy and in shape and, and, be, and be kind of committed and strict to that and focused. And, you know, the baby is not sleeping 8 p.m. 8 p.m. until 8 a.m. by any stretch of the imagination. Um, she recently went through a really bad sleep regression where she was waking up. Her, her bedtime is eight, so she was going to bed at eight, and she was waking up at eleven, and then one a.m., three a.m., five a.m., and finally maybe 
Anyway, and like, and then at like seven a.m., like it was every two hours to feed, and then at seven a.m. she wouldn't go back to sleep for that last hour unless she slept on me. So me and Chelsea were sharing all of those, you know, wake ups during the night. So that up upsets your sleep. So both of us are in this kind of sleep deprivation purgatory kind of thing um so that's you know that's a, a, a big consideration but in general my days are 17 7 or 18 6 in terms of waking hours to sleeping hours and sometimes i'm able to get to bed early but one of those hours of waking hours will be isolated in the middle of the night which is not great um for sleep and for recovery so that's kind of how my day looks now with both of us having so much work and, and an intense schedule like that uh, Chelsea, uh, Chelsea. <laughs> Chelsea does not go to daycare. Lily goes to daycare during the day, uh, Monday through Friday. So I will, I generally do the mornings. I'm a morning person. I love being up in the morning and, you know, just that, all the things that go with that. And of course now the, the I've kind of always been that way, but of course now like the morning is hugely focused around my daughter. Um, so she's up. Uh, we kind of like try and, again, she, she's, she's, Recently, the last week or so, she slept from kind of eight to four, which is amazing. That's like eight hours straight. That's been a real luxury. And then Chelsea does the 4 a.m. And I get up at, you know, probably 6.30 or 7 to feed her. And then she sleeps on me for about an hour because she won't go back to sleep on her own just yet. Um, but by eight o'clock, we're up and about. So that's really like the – even though I may have spent time up during the night, if I've swapped with Chelsea or something – Although and although I've woken up at maybe six thirty or seven, really the day gets moving. My body is in motion at around eight. So we do breakfast. Uh, we don't have so much time to play in the mornings with the schedule the way it is right now. So it's kind of breakfast and then getting getting her ready to go to daycare. And I'm dropping her at daycare around nine. So I'm back in the house by about nine fifteen nine twenty. Um, I get breakfast. I've switched. So many things nutrition-wise this past week. I definitely want to report on that uh, to you. I will say that I think I'm down about seven pounds in the first week. I've lost about a pound a day. Feel lighter. I feel great. I've got tons more energy. We'll get to the exact the, – the specifics of the nutrition in a minute. But just, you know, suffice to say – 8 a.m. I'm having breakfast with with my daughter. I'm making her breakfast. I'm eating my breakfast. I'm getting my supplements um, within that first 45 minutes. Food and supplements within that first 45 minutes of being awake. So by the time we leave the house at 8.45, 8.50, I am fed and watered, as is she. And by the time I get back around 9.15, I then have this window I've given myself from 9.15 until about 10.30. Um, and that has been kind of mix and match but generally it's been a little bit of practice maybe half an hour 40 minutes of practice uh, uh, immediately and depending how much sort of admin stuff i have to do i try and get that done up until 10 30 so that's kind of the morning and i've done it every day i've been really disciplined this week uh you know obviously i'm reporting in the first week it's like the honeymoon phase I really hope there aren't any big disasters or you know, we don't all get sick again. It's been the last few months. You know, my daughter's been bringing things home from daycare. She's building an immune system, which she doesn't have yet. So that's a yet another consideration that you cannot possibly plan for, musician or not. I know every parent out there knows about this. Uh, at one point, you might just all be sick. Uh, and that's not even COVID. That might just be a cold or the flu or, you know, like um, snotty Pippin waking up every two hours. They like, all night so there are those things that you can't plan for but so far the start of the year it's only been a week nobody's sick everything's running on schedule and i've been super um focused on making this sort of morning plan work so 10 30 rolls around and i'm out of the house i go walk uh between a mile and a half and two miles something like that so between 10 30 and 10 50 um i come straight back in the house 10 50 uh, sometimes i've done that with a weight vest sometimes not i'm just making sure i'm getting my steps in and i'm getting some direct sunlight i'm out of the house um even with the rain and it's been kind of torrential lately i've, I've just braved it and gone out there got soaked changed as soon as i've come home and and you know straight back to it so 10 50 after that is done i'm straight into my it, it's a warm-up even though i have done the walk and i'm kind of warm i will do some like specific resistance band stuff to get the upper body a little bit more warmed up if that's what i'm working on but i'll dedicate that last 10 minutes of that hour to warming up at 11 o'clock 
until 12 noon. That's the workout time. So all those workouts I talked about, they're happening between 11. It's late morning, 11 until 12. So I've eaten around 8.40, have my supplements, I'm hydrating the whole time, always got the bottle going. You know, this is either... I think this is what sixty four ounces or something. It's it's big. It's it's a lot of liquid. It's a liter and a half, maybe a couple of liters. I'm not sure. It's a lot of liquid. It's great to have around. I either have this with water and the juice of a lemon in it, or I, sometimes I'm using a thing called Drip Drop, which is an electrolyte uh, kind of mineral uh, sodium. Um, powder that I mix in there. Depends how intense my workout is. I don't need that if I'm in like a sedentary mode. If I'm just sitting here working, I don't need any of that. Right now, it's just plain water. But if I'm sweating, if the workout is intense, uh, there is obviously a little bit of sugar involved in that, although that is minimal in drip drop. Um, But just the fact that I can be burning that immediately during the workout, that's when I can justify um, the, 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 the ingestion of a little bit of sugar. Also, the payoff of the electrolytes and the minerals and all the other stuff that comes with with drip drop is is huge and kind of essential for for that recovery and that hydration for the workout. So that's always on the go. Um, then the meal prep has been really key as well. I've kind of just every night I'm making a couple of or every other night I'm like doing making two cups of rice in the rice cooker. So I always have some white rice going um, and I have it in the fridge cold. So lunch can be really quick in that sense. You know, also every couple of days I'm cooking chicken or I'm cooking some steak. Um, I always have eggs in the fridge. So they're really quick to do some, you know, a couple of two, three fried eggs and a bowl of rice and some salad. Boom, that's lunch. So I could put some a little bit of chicken in the rice as well. Really simple, really plain, really clean, seasoned, yeah, with salt and it's kind of no problem. I like a little bit of extra salt in in the in my food, especially when I'm sweating. I wanna I don't want to be sodium deficient. So I'm always looking at that balance of sodium, what I need, what the weather is, how the humidity is, the heat, the temperature, how much I've been out in it, how much I'm actually sweating. So I am getting quite scientific with this. Like I mentioned before. In previous episodes about this kind of stuff, I did spend a considerable amount of time around some really high-end professionals in the world of nutrition and sports science and training and recovery and physios and, 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 and. So I definitely kept my eyes and ears open and asked a lot of um a lot of important questions and retain that information. And it's, it's great to carry that forward. It's also not uh, that difficult to find online. If you have a source that you trust, I highly recommend if you have the time getting into that, doing some research and seeing how that might help your daily process. Wow. So much talking requires much hydration. So that's it. 12. I'm, I'm having food. I have a couple more supplements happening then as well. I'm taking creatine. Um, so that happens like three times a day, two tablets, just the, the way the dosage works out with the capsules that I have. I'm taking about, what is it, about five? <sighs> per serving is 1.5 grams. Yeah, I'm doing about four and a half grams a day, four and a half to five grams a day. And I take that over the course of the day. So two tablets is 1.5 and I take two tablets three times a day, pretty much two tablets after each meal. Although tonight I had a steak and I didn't really feel like I needed that extra creatine. There's a bunch of creatine in, in steak like that. So didn't take it tonight, but that's generally, I use this now sports. Uh, they are not a sponsor of this podcast. I'm not being paid to say any of this. They're just, uh, Nice and clean, and um, uh, what is it? Uh, what is the NSF? Or what I forget the I forget the abbreviation, but it's like uh, it's okay. You're not going to get screwed over. They're super clean in their production, so they, they won't be tainted. If you are a professional athlete, you could be, be confident taking that. I also take um, this super EPA, this fish oil dietary supplement, a couple of times a day. So the middle of the day, there are a few things to take after lunch um and then it's kind of like okay what is on what's on the whiteboard i I don't actually have a whiteboard but you can imagine like a to-do list on a whiteboard i have one in my notes on my computer and i can just run down like what's happening and that is what gets injected into that next portion of the day because i basically have from 
after lunch, somewhere around 12.30, 12.45, until about 4.45 when I have to go pick up my daughter again. So then I'm on duty 4.45 until she goes to bed at 10. And of course, Chelsea is sometimes here and we're together and we do dinner and all that kind of stuff all, all, all together. But sometimes Chelsea has to work late. She doesn't work particularly close to home. So she also, ha- also has a commute. So quite often, um, if she's, you know, on location or she's at her office or just there were just a bunch of variables with that so i'm basically planning on being 4:45 until 8 p.m completely on duty spend time with lily and we play we eat we always go for a walk together uh every her in the stroller right now she's not really walking she's not knocking out miles with me every day but today for instance my off day saturday's my off day today if I look at my Apple Watch, is my off day. We walked so much today that I did 16,203 steps. That's on my off day. So we really we really get after it. You know, we get out there and uh, it's great to spend time with her outdoors. So that's, that's kind of the structure of the day. That's Monday through Friday. Saturday to me, uh, Saturday and Sunday are all about whatever needs to happen with the family. If Lily goes for a nap for an hour and a half and Chelsea is doing something that she needs time to do and we're not doing something together, then I can say, okay, let me see what I can get to. But I don't plan now. That's my new thing. I do not plan to be working on a Saturday or a Sunday unless it's something that's booked, unless it's something I have to go to the studio to do or there's a gig or maybe I'm on tour, then everything changes. But at home, Saturday, Sunday, I dedicate to whatever's going on with the family and spending as much time doing that stuff as possible and also catching up like today i did five loads of laundry i'm still not done you know uh i went out with with lily three times for for a walk uh all all kinds of stuff like domestic stuff the dishwasher needs doing three times i got to do lily's laundry and fold it all and put it away just you know you guys know you guys and girls know domestic stuff has to happen so that's what i'm into on the weekends i'm not trying to be like oh my god i need 12 hours to practice today no you know if i can sneak in and today i didn't i haven't played today at all it's kind of a kind of a little sad um but that's the other thing if you're going to be focused on the goal um and if it means that much to you if the goal and the process and the the fun the joy the feeling you get out of doing all the things i've just said is is giving is like you're you're investing into that if it's giving you this massive return which it is for me like even in just one week i've been a thousand percent more productive i have three new projects kind of planned and 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 in the schedule so many other things on the back burner that i'm like oh that would be really cool to, oh and this would be great and this that and the other thing one of those big things actually before we get any further and i should have done this right up front in the video um there's basically no way around the fact that I, I, I mean, I, I kind of believe you have to give me some feedback on this. I kind of believe that YouTube of all the outlets on the Internet is kind of the last place where long form art of some sort can exist. Um, and it, the art can exist in tandem with the algorithm. I haven't quite figured out how to do it um, and I'm not about to just cut a bunch of corners and be Mr. Hacks and Tips and Tricks. That is, that's still a complete no-no and the clickbait thing and all that stuff. I, I'm not trying to play that game. But I am aware of the fact that those numbers don't lie. And when you look at uh, people who have popular channels, whose channels are populated with many subscribers and great interaction and obviously great uh, art for the for the subscribers to consume, there's no way around that. You have to be engaging, I think. Um, to me, there's kind of no way around it. For me, having just shunned social media entirely and got rid of it because it was such a time suck, I kind of feel like YouTube is a place to present what I do, as I am here with you. And to that end, I need to absolutely step up my game and make really make some shit happen. But there's no way around it. This is like Failure cannot be... Uh, cannot be an option here because there are so many things I want to do that I feel with a sizable enough audience via YouTube predominantly. Of course, with my Substack, I want that to grow. 
It is growing like crazy. Thank you for that. That is really awesome to see people's enthusiasm about that coming back to the thing every day and thousands upon thousands of people reading the articles and listening to the podcast and listening to the crazy little rare snippets of audio and all that stuff I post there. That is amazing. That is, it gives me a great feeling of artistic fulfillment when I do that. And the, the cherry on top is when it's received the way it has been the past six weeks of doing it and only seems to be getting better. That's amazing. I just want to pair that with YouTube because that is where I'm going to be able to host and present so much, uh, you know, so much content like this. So the goal is, I mean, it might be a crazy goal. I don't know. I'm already at almost 70,000 subscribers on YouTube and I'm well aware that subscribers in the grand scheme of things, almost don't mean that much in terms of the success of the channel. You get someone with 500 subscribers that has a million views on a video. So I know subscribers don't equal views, but the critical mass you can uh, arrive at or, or just that inertia you can gain, the momentum you can gain and keep growing if it starts to move towards some serious numbers. I to me is sort of undeniable. Everyone I see who's successful on the platform, everyone I see kind of doing the things I want to do, uh, having a successful YouTube channel, but also being able to tour and play nice venues and kind of do what they want when they want. Uh, I have a lot of respect for people who do that. Um, I've always done that. Uh, I just haven't done it with a huge crew on YouTube. And I don't want to think like, eh, that's not really my thing because it kind of has been my thing. I've had a YouTube uh, account since the year they started and I've been doing it for a while. So now I really want to kind of get serious about it and give it a real go. Stop pissing around and just posting random this and random that and not really caring about the thumbnail, not really caring about the title, just, you know, that, oh, the art will speak for itself. Well, actually it won't, you know, there is, there's a reason the algorithm's there. It does actually show people stuff that they enjoy. I know that because it shows me stuff I enjoy all the time. So that over the past couple of months has got me thinking that there is a way to do it. Uh, integrity doesn't pay the bills, uh, but I think it builds enough of a following or could, could potentially build enough of a following, you know, without going the the beast mode or the clickbait, you know, all that kind of title bullshit that you see all over all over YouTube and get rich quick and you could buy a Lambo and this is going to the moon and you know the the, the five, I don't know the five things um, you never knew about quarter inch cables for base I, I, I whatever. I think there's content to be made there that actually contains similar information, but presented from a place of experience and, and knowledge. And if I don't have the knowledge, I'm really excited to talk to people that do. So part of the future of the YouTube channel, I think, is to make a regular schedule of releases. If you've been following along the last couple of weeks, you'll notice that part of my day, part of my time management as a musician parent has been to post a lot more shorter clips uh, interspersed with longer form uh, videos like this um, in, in the form of a podca podcast episode. Um, and I've kind of been testing the water, like what videos do people want to see? I've only posted stuff that I like. I'm still doing it for me first. And then if the audience likes it, hey, that's awesome. So what I've done over the past couple of weeks is posted clips that I believe in, that I like. I made them for a reason. I made them because they work for me or they were moments that I enjoyed. Or there was a Jojo Mayer interview clip, for instance. There was a Victor Wooten interview clip. Those are all on my channel. I was, I've been posting every day. I think every day is a little too much. I don't think people have the time. And I think as some of the podcasts and some of the YouTube channels, more importantly, that I see with the most success and the the best audience engagement and the best fans, you know, who truly want to be there have a pretty regular schedule and they kind of don't overdo it. So I'm thinking in the lines of let's post one kind of lesson video a week, one kind of gear video a week and one podcast. Maybe it'll be a Sunday morning thing. Maybe we have a weekend podcast every Sunday morning like this, one long form hour. Cause I sit here I talk to you guys and girls. Sometimes I'm going to have an interview. I'm going to get people. I've got a couple of people I'm really excited to talk about. Can't, I can't, uh, tell you about them yet, but like really cool bass players that I think you're going to dig. 
and you're going to be like, oh, really? You know those guys? Like, what the fuck? You know? So, and not even like, oh, you know those guys, like the celebrities. No, just like that I'm uh, uh, aware of them and into them and interested in them. Uh, I hope. I hope you dig that connection. Uh, so really excited to do that. So yeah, a couple of dedicated things that come out every week, a lesson and a gear thing perhaps, because there's a ton of stuff um, in here. I've just got to figure out the production because I'm still one person and I've got to figure out scaling all of that stuff. And I'm not a review channel. I don't want to do it for that. I want to make some videos once in a while. Maybe the gear thing will be the least frequent thing I do, but I have so much lesson material, obviously with the Annex Base Studios has over a thousand videos and just so many little things I can share that will be short enough and sweet enough to actually give you massive value in a short space of time and not overwhelm you. That's the idea. And then clips. You have to give me some feedback on the clips. Do you guys dig the clips? The short three, four, five minute videos. Uh, I've been clipping them out of the podcast. I've been clipping them out of lesson videos, out of my transcription vault from the base studio. Give me some feedback on that. This is one of those episodes where I really need a lot of response in the comments below the video on YouTube. Um, that is really going to be key because uh, I want to listen to you guys. You know, I want to listen to what's what's going to be what's going to hit the hardest and where do we connect there like you might tell me like oh we just want to learn all about base tab and slap well fuck we're not going to connect on that at all but if you say oh well we're really interested in this kind of jazz or we're really interested in this kind of like articulation or technique or something okay great then we connect and then i can make something for you that i do every day and is a massive part of my life and will benefit you as a subscriber to the channel so one thing I heard, uh, I can't remember who it was being interviewed. I'm going to butcher it. But it was something like, just pick a hero. Like, who's a hero of yours? Like, uh, I don't know, uh, Bob Dylan or Jimi Hendrix or uh, 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 Miles Davis. or this, I don't know, whoever it is, like, pick a hero. And could you really imagine them in the video where it like, jung, 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 you know, like all these jump cuts where it jumps. This is like very kind of modern influencer type editing where they bounce it's the master shot the one you're looking at right now but they cut in and out and in and out and in and out to keep your attention could you imagine that where it goes do 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 and it's like leave on helm from the band or something like y'all might want to like comment and subscribe you know like who could ever picture ornette coleman saying yeah make sure you like comment and subscribe and click the bell for notification that just sounds so fucking dumb coming from like a legend like that but what i've come to realize is that is a bygone era and holy shit do you need to like comment and subscribe in order to help me grow the channel and do more of this stuff and make it bigger and better and more value etc 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 all of that stuff so don't underestimate the value of just being subscribed um and of course liking and commenting always helps fly the content up the algorithm and get it to more people and grow the community and make it a real thing you know not just some also make it a really th a thing that's really motivating for me to come back and do like i like that you know it's like it's crazy with the Substack, with the blog. I was like, oh, let me try this. You know, and I, okay, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'm in it. And I was like, oh, I'm in it, I'm in it, man. I'm focused. I had to make two, three posts. I'm like, oh, that was fun. And just as you're turning away from it, and there are like 10,000 people on that list, right? Uh, currently at my Substack. It's kind of crazy. It's a lot of people uh, in it. And just you're like, oh, well, this is free for everyone. And then somebody pays for a subscription. And you're like, oh, shit. And then another person and that, and like suddenly like 20, 30, 40 people are paying for subscriptions to the blog, to this thing that's been around like 25 years or more. This concept is the one page of you writing your thoughts and people are like, oh, there's some value in here. I quite like this. It's delivered to my email and I trust this person. So I'm going to pay them for it. I'm going to support. And then as soon as that happens, like, whoa. That changes the dynamic. And for some people, that could be a little, uh, I don't know, a little um, create some anxiety. Like, oh, shit, there's pressure now. For me, it's like, holy shit. And it's not a, It's not like, wow, if I keep doing this, I'm going to make millions of dollars. That's never, ever the, uh, the, the plan. When I make money, it's to, okay, to live and to eat. Of course, I have a family. Great. But it's always to like sort of reinvest into the 
into what I'm doing and make more art and do more things and put more stuff out and, and put more ideas out into the world. You know, I'm not trying to buy a Lamborghini. You know, I like watches. It's, 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 I don't know. The, the horological, I just, I'm a, like a crazy fan of watches. I have a reasonably nice one I'm wearing now. I have a few pieces that I've collected that altogether wouldn't, you know, if I, if I sold them all, I still wouldn't be able to afford like a, a Rolex Daytona or something super fancy. And why am I saying this? Well, because Van Neistat, Casey Neistat's brother made this video about materialism and he made this thing about, is it the, Toyota Land Cruiser and that guy Ward, I forget, is it Tom Ward or something Ward? It's TLC 4x4. I'd seen some great interviews with him. He basically makes these Toyota Land Cruisers, uh, and they're like, I don't know, $300,000 and it's a $15,000 car, but he basically makes them perfect. And Van Neistat was talking about that. He has one. It's old, barely gets up the, 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 the road into the canyon. I'll link to the thing, actually. If you watch on YouTube, I'll link to Van Neistat. I got to make a note of that. So I make sure, uh, link to Van's, uh, Toyota video. And he's saying, like, you know, he did a Kickstarter to start his YouTube channel and all of these people came on board and he's making this money from them. And he's like, how do I justify this outrageous purchase? He doesn't have the money. He said he's not even close to having that kind of money. He said, I'm, I don't, I'm not even close to having that kind of scratch. And, but it's like a, a dream. And he's like, like he said, he doesn't want for Lamborghinis and swimming pools and private jets and all that stuff. He wants this thing. And it's like an outrageously ball. It's not a private jet. You know, it's not a Bugatti. It's not a $10 million home, but it is, you know, compared to most people on earth, an outrageously expensive purchase for four wheels and an engine to go from A to B. But still, it's an interesting video. You should go watch it. It made me think like, I absolutely want this one watch, which is an obscene amount of money um, to spend on a, on a on a piece of, you know, 300 year old technology. Um, but it brings me a lot of joy and it's something, if I had it, I would wear every single day until I die. Um, but still, it's not something I can afford. It's not something I'll probably own and for many, many years or decades uh, to come. Um, and it's not even the crazy – again, it's like it, – it's almost like the Toyota Land Cruiser of the watch world. It's not a Richard Mille. It's not a, a, a million-dollar Patek a uh, minute repeater or split second chrono in, in platinum or something. It's not a grand complication. It's, you know, it's uh, Audemars PA, Royal Oak offshore chrono. It's not cheap, but it's not crazy. Um, but also how that on earth do you justify that? All of that to say that money and material things are not the goal when I'm doing any of this. Um, the goal is to yes, you know, be able to provide for my family a hundred percent, be able to live comfortably. Why not? Although a little discomfort sometimes is a big kick in the ass and a great motivator that I highly recommend. And I've lived uncomfortably for a large portion of my life, um, so I've been highly motivated a lot, and it has pushed me to be better at what I do. Um, but yeah, all of that long-winded way of saying like. Uh, when people start paying for it and people start being that involved, um, I don't find pressure. I find joy in that. And then you see people like even that you know that are involved. You know, oh, I know that person. Holy shit. I, like I talk to that person and they're paying for my Substack blog. And that is like uh, – that's the probably the moment when there's the most pressure when you when you see someone that you know. Um. But still, not really. I just, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm definitely motivated to be honest, to provide, not provide, to create, you know, as as great a product as I possibly can or product, I don't know, art, let's say. Um, so, yeah, that's that's been amazing with the Substack thing that's growing. Like every day people are signing up. I have to get way better at getting people into that because I think it's a great – uh, funnel community kind of thing to be in if you're into what I do I think it's a great place for me it's an amazing place as a creator too I, fucking creator I hate that word I hate that word for me it's a great place as an artist to put ideas out into the world and to connect with uh, and hear back from and be a part of 
that community with you guys. So whatever. Below the video, Substack, go subscribe to it. It's totally free as well. Um, yeah. So that's kind of what's going on there with the YouTube thing. Trying to get to 100,000 subscribers by April. The goal is a million plus, and I'm I'm not even saying that that's not uh, uh, I'm not bullshitting like that is the goal like a million plus seems to be the tipping point for a lot of things right now that seems to be a metric that opens a lot of doors and allows me to do way more and reach the kind of numbers of people where it makes sense for me to be able to leave home and tour and play live like to me the ultimate goal as it has been since the day I started playing this music has been to perform live. You know, my goal was never to sit here in front of a camera and talk to you about this stuff and upload it to YouTube. As fun as that is, and as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, got, I pulled a couple of lights out of storage, sort of tidied up the back, pulled the couch back in. I'm going to like actually dedicate some time over the coming weeks to build a set in here. So it actually looks kind of nice on camera. Even now it's, I see I'm looking in my monitor. It's a little lighter and brighter than the previous episodes. You can actually see my eyes, which is a good way to convey emotion and, uh, and honesty, I hope. So yeah, I'm, even though this wasn't the plan, it's definitely a useful tool and, you know, paving stone in the path along the way to to ultimately doing what I want to do, which is perform live and and make records and play for you all. Um, that's it. And, and to be able to justify leaving my family and taking time from my life to do that, uh, it's a big balancing act and a few things have to fall in place. And they kind of have to fall in place. I don't, I've, I don't want to pressure myself to do it, but I want to get moving on this now it's been too long basically where i've let it kind of just simmer um i saw a thing today we're getting off track but i'm kind of don't mind i've actually got notes here so i'm not going to get that off track uh i just want to talk about a thing i heard today literally this afternoon or something i can't remember what it was i was like in the kitchen prepping for dinner or something and i heard I was listening to a podcast interview and the advice was what the, the moment I took this one hour and like 20 minute interview or three way call or something. The one thing I took out of it was like, okay, look at all the things you do. Like this is about business and about growing your business and about developing community and all that kind of stuff. Cause I'm really studying it quite intently, intensely right now and looking for ways I can improve my process and streamline it all and be more efficient and yeah, just be better. And the thing I got out of this. Um, out of this talk, this conversation was like, look at everything you're doing. Look at all the business uh, avenues you currently have available to you that you are currently administering. So we could look at that for me. I have a career as a recording artist. I have a career as a live performing artist. I think those are two separate things right now. Um, I have yannicksbassstudio.com. That's an online teaching site. I have all my books for instance. So that's the store. That's four avenues. I have the YouTube channel. That's five. I have the Substack. That's six. And they're all streams of income on some level or another. Obviously, for me, the the big one, the, the one that I actually make a living at more than anything is the sale of books um, at my store and through Amazon. So you could even separate out and make the books uh, from my store and from Amazon two different things because they really do operate quite differently one being physical one being digital so that's seven um that's seven right there without even thinking about it i just got rid of facebook and twitter and instagram and all that stuff so that kind of takes three off the table and they were never income streams anyway so i think that's that's kind of whatever um you there are a few you could kind of sprinkle in that aren't really regular but they you know they have existed in the past it, it, as recently as a few months ago in in terms of like doing live clinics um and and you could put like sort of live teaching as another one as well so like eight there could be eight or nine income streams already and i know i'm forgetting something i don't know what it is but uh, there, there's something in there so there's eight or nine income streams maybe five or six that are I would put as higher importance. The advice was, sorry, this has taken so long to explain. The advice was take a look at all of those things. And if you had to start all over again from scratch with each one of them, uh, 
A, would you even bother doing them? And B, what would you do differently right now? Because of inertia, because you get in this this place where, oh, it's ticking over. Okay, I write a book. Okay, I launch it to my mailing list. Oh, it sells this number of copies. Oh, shit. Well, 2022 wasn't as great as... 2019. Oh, I wonder why that was. Don't give it too much thought. You move on. You write another book. You launch it to your mailing list. You sell some cop, and you kind of just tick over. And it's like, oh, okay, well, right. Let's look at my biggest selling thing, and it's not selling as much as it could or should. There's a much bigger audience out there than I'm reaching for sure. And you know, although the format and the content of the books may be. Yes, that's something I like. That's something we've actually, me and Chelsea have developed over some years. That's the one thing that is actually great about it. Like we've actually, we have a concept and there's an arc and there's all this information like, you know, concisely and compactly uh, uh, put into these books. Everything that surrounds it, I would do differently. So that's it. So that's one of the things I'm working on right now is like changing all of those outlets to be more efficient, to be more productive, and maybe even shutting a couple of them down that that are just, yeah, you know what? I'm not as passionate about it as I was maybe 10 years ago when I started the thing. Um, Is there something similar that I'm more passionate about now that I could start up as a new business or a new project? Absolutely. Um, And I have a couple of those things that I'm like, okay, 2023 is definitely the year to do that. Um, so yeah, really just a, a, a kind of a, a step back and I look at the bigger picture and then dissect each lane and be like, okay, this is working and I love it. Great. It's good the way it is. I wouldn't change anything about that at all if I had to start it from scratch. But these five things over here, holy shit, they got to go or they got to change or I've got to hire someone. I need to scale up like all of these considerations. I think that's really healthy to do, uh, has been for me, like just literally today since this afternoon, like thinking about it for a few hours, just in the background, ticking over like, oh, this and that and all that. It got me thinking about the YouTube channel. I've had a YouTube channel since, what, 2006? I have my channel up here. Let's see. I think it shows you the exact day that you joined. Uh, July 23rd, two thousand and six and i don't it doesn't show me i don't think it shows me the number of videos i have on my own channel but i'm pretty sure it's somewhere between 750 and 1000 and i did just get an email saying the channel's had over 10 million views there's a drop in the ocean for other you, know, you think of channels that are out there even some channels like more like meme stuff that doesn't really count like davy 504 is like okay that's that's just entertainment that's not that doesn't really have anything to do with music or anything except memes as far as I can tell. And that's doing like bonkers numbers. That's kind of an outlier of a channel. But you look at like an Adam Neely has got 1.7, I don't know, 1 point something million, probably 2 million by the time I'm recording this. He had over a million when I interviewed him two years ago on the podcast. Um, he's doing bonkers numbers and his band's touring all over the world and he has a regular upload schedule. Basically, all the things he talked about in the interview two years ago, uh, I'm finally realizing right now for myself, um, could probably help me out a lot and uh, really kick into gear some things that I've wanted to do for a long time. So that's it. Like, comment, and subscribe. Um, I'm going to say it. I'm not fucking Jimi Hendrix or Kurt Cobain or some superstar or legend, I'm just not. But I am someone who's super passionate about what I do, and I think YouTube might really help um, do that. And it costs you nothing, literally costs you nothing. Uh, If you truly hate (laughs) what I upload after you subscribe, by all means, go click the unsubscribe button. But it costs you nothing, and it is a massive help. Even just giving the video a thumbs up is huge. I believe that helps the algorithm in a big way. Um... And yeah, so we crossed 10 million views eight days ago. And uh, I get about, let me see, I'm looking at my stats. I get about 260 subscribers every month. That's not so many. That's not even 10 a day, really. It's less than 10 a day. And to get to 100,000, I got to get almost a, wow, that's a lot. Not 1,000, I got to get almost, I've got to (laughs) get, got to get that much a day basically until the end of april to hit a hundred thousand so let's see 
Let's see what happens. I think also it's not just you guys liking, commenting, and subscribing. It's also sharing the stuff as well. So if you are so inclined to do that, even better. I know that is a big ask, and that's invasive, and you will have your own algorithms and stuff you're working on. I don't expect that of everyone or of anyone, actually. Um, but believe me, it does help if you are so inclined. So enough about that. Let's... um. Let's get into uh, one thing I didn't mention about what my daily practice. Let me see. How do I want to say this? Yes. One thing I didn't mention about what my daily practice routine kind of encapsulates that kind of 9.20 until 10.30 time period where I kind of have to practice. I'm actually looking over here to the side. I've been working on some classical music recently. Um, some stuff I used to play as a classical guitarist. Uh, this is, I'm holding up, uh, Johann Sebastian Bach's Lauten music. It's, um, uh, lute, lute music, lute suites. I'm playing this Saraband from, uh, which one is this? Ah, uh, it's so, yeah, from suite number three. It's so sad as well because my, my classical guitar teacher passed away, um, kind of a long time ago now, maybe 12, oh, maybe longer than that, about 14 years ago. And this is, um, oh, man. I saw his handwriting in here from all of my lessons. And uh, these are things I ha have not stopped thinking about or using in my playing every day. And just the, like, you know, don't be late. Like he's written this, don't, I don't want to bend, openly bend the book because it's so fragile now. But if I can hold this up to the camera and you can see he's written... You can see all those markings, actually. He's written, don't be late. And just like all these things, like these details, these nuances. Wow, I'm getting so emotional. Sorry. And <laughs> just seeing this again. I see this every day and I'm still, it really hits me. Because um, I've been working on this a little bit on the bass. I'll, I'll try and play some on an episode once I get it back under my fingers. Um, but yeah, he's got the dates are in here. Like... Uh, May 6, 1996, we were working on this and just all the little details, the nuance, like the thing I kind of think is missing from a lot of modern music right now and, and definitely missing from the whole social media lane of people who kind of call themselves musicians, but basically what they do is make five to 30 second videos for social media. Like there's so many of the things my guitar teacher, his name was Peter Woodings, um, so many of the things he wrote in there, dynamics and articulation and uh, anticipation of of you know being able to read and anticipate what's coming as you sight read. Uh, there are thousands of things I learned from him, which uh, I, I can't stress that enough. Like the importance of having an amazing teacher at some point in your life, if you can, if you have the chance. It doesn't matter what point in your life it is either. I don't think. Um, if you're 70 years old and you find an amazing teacher now, what years you have left will benefit greatly from an experience like the one I had with Peter. And, um, yeah, just all of these little things that I now, these, like he says, slightly staggering here in this, in this one passage, which was to, uh, uh, uh it was this kind of falling sensation. Like you were standing, I've always remembered that, like a, a way of articulating a way of phrasing a certain way, uh, and certain like descending passages and quite specific to this, to this style of playing and to this loop music that was adapted for guitar, but absolutely priceless, um, information and experience from being able to study with someone like that, um, who really understood nuance, um, Anyway, sorry, I got a little bit off there. Uh, but that's some of the stuff I've been working on in my daily practice routine. As well as some fundamental technique stuff. Had my first gig of the year a couple of days ago with Bob Reynolds at the Baked Potato. Um, super fun. Um, but definitely was made aware of how different playing technique uh, is when you practice versus when you play. And there are just some things you cannot recreate when you practice, you cannot recreate a drummer being three feet away and having to play, I was going to say against, there is having to play with, but also, you know, volume wise against that or with that or exist in that situation. There's just way more strain on the technique when you do that. And you, it's very hard to recreate that in the practice room. 
unless you have the luxury of a drummer being around with you, which uh, my neighbors thank me for. I don't. Um, so let's get to these three projects. Um, let's close out with that. Let's make the little uh, not announcement, just letting you guys know what I kind of have coming and what's cooking here. Um, the first thing is after the like, like, okay, again, I didn't make it didn't make any money from it last year, but I still deem it like the most successful recording project I've ever led, let's say. After this great success of that, mainly because it didn't cost me any money. We kind of broke even on the project, thanks to the pre-sale and thanks to everyone who was involved. Again, uh, you know, had the YouTube channel had a hundred thousand or two hundred to half a million subscribers and the audience was bigger and uh wider let's say from maybe more countries in the world i know my youtube channel is based predominantly in the u.s and the uk and germany italy australia japan like there are a few places maybe if we would have some more far-reaching subscribers we could have done even crazier things and crazier things is what i'm looking at doing in 2023 i'm already talking to my engineer about it he lives down in buenos aires so it would be really great to take the trio to South America. Uh, we're already planning Europe and, and, and Asia and stuff with my booking agent, um, but that's what they're doing for me. They're doing Europe and Asia, so I'm kind of on my own for the US, for the Americas, basically. <coughs> oh, the voice is getting worn out even. You don't do a podcast for a week and speak this long on your own. Christ, I need to do more interviews and speak less. Let's make a note about that. Um, yeah, uh, the, 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 the basic plan project number one probably the biggest project of the year actually is to of course do a new album but the way in which i want to do it is get the band to south america and really play some shows like we already have a vibe now we've been in the studio for a few days and made this record which i'm super proud of i love the way they play i love the chemistry we have we that we had in the studio that we had on the road not that long ago and i know we can easily have again as a trio um I also loved working with Juan Pablo again after all these years and um, he's kind of scoped out a couple of situations in, in Buenos Aires to maybe do the record there uh, in South America. But what I want to do is take the band and play some shows before that. So I'm, I am going to try as hard as I can over the next few months to see if it's possible to play my dream list. You know what? I'm going to pull up, I'm going to pull up the text message that I sent to Juan Pablo because I had it it was kind of nice like the I did the routing and everything um, and these are these are some of the places let's see um, I've been to Costa Rica a few times and really love it there like I really love it there so I would love to include Costa Rica probably as the first stop so maybe san jose in costa rica uh i'd love to play bogota uh quito um lima santiago montevideo and then buenos aires um and then like so that's one two three four five six like seven shows so a week of shows and then like three or four days in the studio like we did before in spain but do it there in in south america it's super cheap um, but can be super high quality. And my engineer uh, lives there. So amazing uh, combination of, of things, you know, actually go on the road, play some shows, hopefully uh, <laughs> that will bring some income, which will help fund the whole thing. Um, and then things like accommodation and food and the logistics get a little bit cheaper in, in South America and just an amazing set of circumstances within in which to record you know something i've never done before i've never made a record in argentina even though i've toured in south america a lot um and i that's kind of one of the reasons you know i want to get back to that audience i want to get back there and play for for you guys down there because there's something not that there isn't something special about everywhere i go in the world but just with this particular project in mind and what i want to do with it i think this is an amazing setting to do that i have great memories from being in all of those places <clears throat> that i'm associating with what i want to do in the studio for the new record so that's like the biggest of the projects for the year for sure um and hopefully we can do something similar to what we did last time 
and do a pre-sale like that's not a crowdfunded thing that's not a kickstarter there's no monetary uh, goal that needs to be met before it goes into production um if i say i'm going to do this i'm going to do this regardless of how many people are on board with it ahead of time um so that that is that so let's see i'm going to start kind of ramping up ideas and really i have to kick it around a little bit this is only in the last 10 days that i've been thinking about this seriously so i have to kick it around for another couple of weeks <clears throat> run some numbers look at flights uh look at the logistics like have a budget of like okay what is this actually going to cost is this like i'm saying it's cheap to do it in south america but is it like a fifty thousand dollar tab at the end of the day or is it like you know one way out in spain which i think came in at under 15k all in and we made a documentary about it like that was insane so fifteen twenty thousand dollars uh with you know five or six hundred people involved if we could get it to a thousand i mean it's that's pretty crazy a thousand people pay 20 bucks <laughs> like the, the numbers like once you grow the audience big enough if a thousand people are involved at 20 bucks we can do something that is unbelievable i, I think you know we can we can have a fascioli and we can have like four days in the studio and we can play these shows and we can be in the best musical shape of our lives and provide you know c come up with a performance that's really going to mean something and something that's going to last and something that i think yeah I, th I think the i think we will enjoy essentially like i think we will enjoy doing it and as a result that will come across in the recording and and hopefully connect with people so that's the big one there is a lot of feedback you guys have got to give me on this. <laughs> I want to hear everything in the comments below this one, even though this is a long-ass episode, and if you've made it this far, you are <clears throat> true coffee drinker, true warrior. Um, actually, you know what? These other two projects, I don't know if I want to talk about them right now. I'm so hyped up on the on the South America thing that that seems so big. The other two might be like, yeah, well, you know what? I'm going to save those. Sorry, I don't mean to be uh, a tease, but... It's better to say those. They're so completely different and not as big or in the same lane. And let's like keep on this, on this audience, this community, this growth, this, uh, this, this, this kind of goal to getting out in the world. And uh, what is it the kids say? IRL in real life, like actually doing shit, being in the same room as each other. That's what I want to be doing. That is the biggest focus of the year. I think it's a great place to end the podcast. Um, definitely if you can subscribe to the channel it really helps it really does and um, if you can like the video leave a comment i mean I really the comments to me are the, the biggest thing like the most valuable thing personally because i can like actually listen to you and hear what you have to say and like oh you know a venue in quito like that would be perfect for this trio or you have somewhere in lima which is just the bomb like tell me that shit like give me the feedback you know, whether you're listening at Substack and you can comment there or you're listening at YouTube, <coughs> excuse me, you can comment there. Just uh, just get on it and, and, and be a part of the conversation. It all helps. The more information I have, the better armed I am to succeed. So, um, yeah. And I'm looking at my list of notes here. I've got this amazing podcast notes note going on now in my, in, you know, across all my devices. So I have some really fun things to talk about in the coming weeks. And as I said, I'm kind of going to really try and keep on a schedule here and keep streamlined with the Sunday podcast every Sunday morning. Hopefully that works for you. Give me some feedback on that too. Always curious. Um, and that's it. I'll uh, catch you guys and girls off the base of the music world on the next episode.